Well, God bless you this morning. It's always a, an amazing privilege for Vicky and I to be at Excite. We love the culture of the church here and all that God is doing. And so thank you for the warm welcome. I'm sure Ruben's probably slightly overstated my painting. But anyway, it was just a joy to be able to help out. And, um, and, and it's great to help each other in those moments of um, change. Um, well, I, I've been thoroughly blessed this month. I was, we were blessed to be here on the first Sunday of the month and hear Pastor Paul do an amazing message on, on dreaming again. And also listened online to uh, Ian Bilby, Apostle Ian Bilby, he's, he's amazing. Uh, Ian just did an amazing message last week and just encourage you, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to those amazing, stirring, inspiring messages. You know, we're all coming out of 2020, and 2020 threw a lot of curveballs into our lives and produced enormous change for us and, and for us all. And, uh, but I, you know, this theme of dream again is such a beautiful, beautiful theme to begin 2021 with, because I think what's really, really critical for us is we do not allow what 2020 did or the effects of it to linger on in our lives and dull our enthusiasm, jade our vision and prevent us from arising into the full destiny that God has for us. So it's just a great, great theme. And you know, look, I, I just am so excited about this theme because I think this is so pivotal and so critical for the church and for every one of us as we launch into 2021. And so, you know, when, when I became a Christian and when you became a Christian, we, the Bible says that we are born again of the Spirit of God. We're renewed in our inner man. We are, our sins are forgiven and we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God and we gain a capacity to begin to live out of our inner life, out of our spiritual life, out of our inner man, the very life of Christ inside of us. And we've got this capacity. And the Bible calls us a new creation because we are no longer as we were. We have inside of us this uncreated um, life of God that is our life. And uh, that is renewing us, it's renewing our thinking and changing our perspective. And each of us now has this amazing privilege and responsibility to live out of the spirit life. We're not called to live primarily out of our, our, our will and our emotions and our, and our thoughts, but we're to live by the spirit empowerment out of the inner man. And this is, this is so important. God is a spirit, and we interact with him as a spirit. It's our spiritual man inside of us that is connected to God, and uh, we have this privilege now to uh, know God. And he seeks to direct our life out of our spirit man. So when he communicates with us, it's primarily into the spirit, and then it filters out into our mind and and, and affects every part of our being. So to experience him, we first must be connected to God by the spiritual birth. And if you're here today and this is um, not your experience yet, then you can receive that today. You can be renewed in your spirit, 
made alive in your relationship to God, all of your past washed and wiped away and made a new creation. Amazing. This is uh, such great news. So the language of the Spirit is dreams, visions, revelation, and a wisdom that dwells firstly within our spiritual man and then filters out. So it's a journey to both recognize and respond to the Holy Spirit as he faithfully guides and matures us. This is why the dream capacity of your life is so important. This vision, this dreaming capacity to see in the inner man and hear inside you what God wants to do or impart to you or do through you that will transform our communities. So a man or a woman with a dream, vision, word from God is the greatest threat to the kingdom of darkness. And so no surprise that our dreams and our visions and the word God gives us come under attack. They come under, um, they are tried, they are tested, they are, we are buffeted as we receive these words inside. Look, the enemy doesn't, the Satan doesn't care how much you know up here. He cares what is sitting inside your spirit because he knows if you will hold what's inside your spirit, the word God speaks to you, the dreams, the visions he gives you, if you will hold them inside your spirit, he cannot prevent those things coming to pass because they're empowered by the very living God of heaven. And he cannot prevent those things. So he will do everything he can to distract you, discourage you, cause you to take your eyes off the promises, get discouraged, believe it can't happen, all kinds of things. And sometimes after receiving great revelations and mountaintop experiences, we go into times of severe testing and trial. They're all designed to try and remove and dislodge the word that God's put inside your spirit. And so this, this great theme, whatever 2020 did for you, whatever happened to you in 2020, 2021 is another opportunity to take those words, to take those visions, to take those dreams, and again bring them out and start to begin to uh, confess them again, hold them before the Lord again, and thank Him again that that's your destiny and that's His purpose in your life. He cannot stop what God does through us if we hold faith and persevere. I'm excited about this because every great thing that God wants to do on the planet is not dependent on my ability, it's not dependent on my intellect, it's not dependent on my giftings, it's dependent on me holding the dream and the vision and the word God gave me. That's all I gotta do is hold the vision, is hold on to the word. And so every one of us is in this process of learning how to, let's use the word steward, the word and the dream that God gives us. So all we have to do is steward it and hold on to it. And so um, this is why in Proverbs 4.23 it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. See, each of us has a responsibility to watch over what God has given us and to hold on to it by faith and believe the word. You know, even man outside the kingdom of God this principle of, of having a dream and a vision and setting their heart and mind to do it works to a degree outside of the kingdom of God. In Genesis 11.6, we read the story of the Tower of Babel where a man called Nimrod, a mighty man on the earth, 
not connected to God, but he decided that him and his team were going to build a tower that would reach up to heaven, and they began to set to work, and they built this great tower, and God had to come down, and he said this, he said, I'm coming down, and he said, I've got to, I've got to stop this happening because they've set their heart and their mind to do it, and they're working at it, and they're in unity, and so that was the point at which the, the languages were, were divided from one language on the earth to many languages. God divided and scattered them because he knew that what they'd set their heart to do would be able to come to pass. The devil can empower evil intent. And so this capacity to hold the word and keep going is so powerful. Um, I hope that this morning we can just touch some keys that will help us in our, our journey of holding on to the Word of God. And I want, if you, I'm going to just ask Reese to flick up Judges chapter 6 for us. And I just want to pick up on some few things around this uh, man Gideon. And uh, in, in Judges chapter 6, he was a leader over. Uh, he, well, he wasn't the leader at this point, but he was a man who lived in the nation of Israel. They were, ex they were living in the promised land and had been done for some generations, but they had moved away from God, and they had um, forgotten about God, and they were coming under oppression from a nation called Midian. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 11, it says that the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the terebinth tree, which was an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abirazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. The Midianites were coming up and taking all the grain, all the animals, just stripping the land year after year. And Gideon, to try and preserve some wheat for his family and for, their, for them to live on, was threshing his wheat, hiding inside a winepress. They're in a terrible place, in absolute bondage, absolutely being stripped bare, nothing. And they're just impoverished by this, by the enemies who were coming in. And Gideon's hiding inside a wine press in order to hide it when he's threshing his wheat. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. I want to just say to you today that many times when God wants to speak to our life, he doesn't address our immediate problem. He always speaks to our potential. He always speaks to where he wants to take us. And we're like going, how do I connect what God's saying to my, I'm stuck in the problem. And God's speaking about something that seems so far out there. It's amazing. He didn't come and speak to Gideon and say, Gideon, this is tough. You know, look, you know, you're doing a great job there hiding in the wine press. You know, I know times are hard. He didn't start there. He just ignored all of that. And he said, Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty man of Allah. Amazing. He always will speak to your destiny. He will speak to your potential and your destiny. And Gideon um, said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? All right? I, I want to encourage you today that if you were holding dreams and promises in 2020 and all turned to custard, you could be tempted to say, if the Lord is with me and he's going to do this, why is all this happen? 
Why am I going through all these trials and difficulties? And Gideon had a history with God. And he had already been pondering this question, so it poured straight out of him when the Lord spoke to him. He says, why then does all this happen to us? And of course, the prophet had already spoken to them and said, because you've forgotten God and departed from his ways and you've ignored the God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. But Gideon pours out his heart. Isn't it great? We can pour out our heart to God. (laughs) we 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 can say, Lord, this is what I feel. But God... Had the angel of the Lord had brought him this message. And he said, where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of the land of Egypt? You know, when you believe in God for miracles, and we pray for the sick wherever we go, and sometimes people um, don't get well immediately, or sometimes they don't get well at all. We could be tempted to say, God, where are your miracles? You know, you know, all this stuff about praying for people and, and you know, what's really happening? You know, I don't see it. You know, Gideon was saying, well, I heard about all these miracles, but I haven't seen any. And that could be you this morning. You know, believing for God to do miracles in your life. And now you're saying, man, where is this God? You know, why, what, why am I not seeing these miracles? And Gideon was going through this. And he was asking and questioning the Lord. But the Lord, he says, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? I love it how God just ignores all our, our moans and our whinges. And he just, he just speaks again to our destiny. And he says, Gideon, go in this might of yours. And Gideon's like, you didn't hear me. (laughs) But God speaks to our destiny. He always speaks to our potential. He speaks to what his purpose is in our life. And why is that? Because he knows if we will connect with his word inside of our heart, we will rise out of the situation we're now in, and we will uh, live in a dimension of strength and faith and and an overcoming anointing, which will carry us right out of the situation that we're in. So holding the dream and vision is so important for our destiny. And then Gideon says, So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And when you might say that this morning, man, who am I? You know? Who am I to do anything to help our community? Who am I to carry anything great? Who am I to do anything that could really make a difference? And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. God and you, this makes the majority. God and you makes the greatest majority on the earth. And so... When you connect to the, to the Word of God, when we connect to what God has said, then amazing miracles take place. And so Gideon, of course, you can read the rest of the great story where he went out and won amazing battles and delivered Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So Gideon is not alone in his response of doubt and fear to the purposes of God. And many other greats in the Bible, like Moses and 
and uh, many others. When God came and deposited a dream and a vision inside them, they succumbed to fear. But the Lord, or they, they were fearful. But God answers our objections, often not directly, but he, he gives us a word that will carry us through. And, you know, beside our own natural limitations, the enemy will work overtime to convince you that it cannot happen, that you're unable, that who am I? All of those things. Have you heard the who are you line from the enemy? Who are you? You know, I remember, you know, God calls ordinary people. And I thank God that he does because I'm just an ordinary person responding the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the word of God, responding to the will of God. Nothing special about me. He calls ordinary people like me and like every one of us. And uh, 1 Corinthians tells us that. He doesn't call many great people, many amazing people, many gifted people. He calls ordinary people. Why? So his glory can be seen all the more. You know, when God called me, I was the shyest, socially inept person you would ever meet. I lived on a farm a um, quarter of an hour away from town, and if I got to town once a month, that was a miracle. Socially uh, dysfunctional. You know, not able to really connect and, and, and you know, feel comfortable around people. And, uh, you know, when God began to work in my life, he... He, he began to, little by little, just change all of that. You know, for me to stand in front of a crowd was like the most impossible, impossible thing to ever happen. And yet, God completely changed me. I remember in the early days of being in Moitawa, when I went to visit a, a, part, a minister of another church that owned a building that they weren't using, and they had, things were not going well for them as a, as a church movement. And so I approached them and said, can I use the building that you have in Mariwa to have, have, a church, have church services and to begin to reach out to the community? And he looked at me, he was an older, mature man, he looked at me and here I was, this young, excited 23-year-old with a vision and a dream, standing on his doorstep and he looked at me and he said, what makes you think you can do anything in that community? And I'm like, oh. You know, dream snatchers. You know, people who don't see what you see. They can see giants. They can see mountains. They can see impossibilities. But the man and the woman with a dream and a vision from God sees beyond all of that. I saw a needy community that needed the gospel. I went away from there and I said, Lord, you've spoken to me. And you called me. He did give me permission, saying, well, you can do whatever you like because nothing's going to happen. But he didn't know what God can do for a man and a woman, a young person carrying a dream, carrying a vision, carrying a word that God has given. And God has gone on and great things have happened. You know, God will always give you a dream and a vision that's beyond your capacity. And so, you know, many of us have a go at trying to fulfill the dream in our own strength. But you won't fulfill it in your own strength. You'll only fulfill it by the word, by, by believing faith and, and by accepting and holding that word by faith. 
that's how they're fulfilled. And uh, every dream that, that everyone that God called and gave a dream to was aware of their own inability. Can only happen by the grace and power of God. Hallelujah. Because it isn't about us. It's about Him. It's about His purposes and about what He wants to do. And if He can find a man or a woman or a young person who will hold a word and hold a dream and believe it in their heart and not let it be stolen away by discouragement, by distraction, by, by, any other, by diversion, by any other thing, that word will surely come to pass and it will transform your life, your marriage, your family, your community, your nation. It only requires one and God to produce an, an, an incredible effect. So don't abandon your dream because it looks impossible. God plus a man or woman of faith are the majority. In fact, I can tell you just about with 100% certainty, if the dream and the thoughts that come into your mind as you sit in the presence of God are so far beyond what you could ever think possible, it's God. It's God. All right? Because He won't give you a dream that you can do. He will always give you a dream that you can't do. And so you're left going, well, only you can do that, God. And he says, yes, that's right. Only I can do it. I'm looking for someone who will just believe that and hold it in their heart. Isn't it exciting? Anything is possible. Gideon, Moses, Abraham, Mary all received the commission to be part of a miracle that only God could do. Only God could do. Abraham, to inherit a land, to have a child. He was 75 years old when God spoke to him to go into another land and to, and to uh, that God was going to give him a son. He was going to have family. His descendants were going to be as the stars of the heaven, like the sand of the seashore. He's 75 years of old, and he has a son at 100 years of age. What a great story. No wonder he's the father of faith. He's a man who held a word from God, made his mistakes. Oh, he made some beauties. I wouldn't like to have been Sarah. When he went down to Egypt, he said, tell everybody that you're my sister. Look, you're a pretty beautiful woman, and they'll kill me because of you. And that's in your interest. You don't want me dead, so you tell them you're my sister. Oh, Abraham. Not once, but twice he did that. Twice. In fact, in the year that God spoke to him, told him at 99, you know, at the appointed time, you're going to have a son. Even in that year, he told King, tell King Abimelech, you're my sister. Oh, he was human like us, but God still used him because he held the vision. What was amazing about Abraham? He kept on believing and hoping against hope, and he inherited an amazing dream. Well, I've done the first part of my seven-part points, and I've got (laughs) six minutes left. You know, um, I want to really encourage you this morning that God... You know, when we read the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, most, one of the most amazing stories in the Bible of this young 16-year-old or younger girl who has an angelic visit that she's going to um, be the, 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 father, the, the mother of, of the Savior. And she says, how can that be? I'm, I'm, I'm single. I'm not married. And the Lord says that you will the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive in your womb. And Mary says, be it unto me according to your word, Lord. I think this is the most remarkable thing. This has never, ever happened in history. 
And this young woman says yes to God and becomes the mother of the most uh, of our Savior. Just a fantastic, amazing miracle. And so, um, you know, whatever the distraction, whatever the discouragement for us in 2020, you know, if we will dust off the words God's given you, if God gave you a word of healing and it hasn't happened yet, then you take hold of that word and say, Lord, you said it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to speak it over my life. I'm going to confess it and I'm going to hold it and believe for it to come to pass. Whatever he said to you about a job, about your finances, about business, about every arena of life, whatever he said to you is absolutely his will and his destiny for you. Don't let it go. Don't abandon those promises. Don't abandon those dreams. Dust them off and hold on to them and God will do it in you. See, God's invitation to live a supernatural life is, doesn't go unnoticed by the enemy. And he knows that when we partner with God, when we partner with our Heavenly Father, nothing will be impossible. You're never too old. It's never too late. Every God-inspired dream and vision can and will happen if we will hold fast to it. You know, while Vicky and I were down, we'd just come back from being down at her family reunion. They hold every once, every 10 years outside Palmerston North. It was this year. And we stayed in a Christian camp called Highland Christian Park. And while I was there, I was looking at the buildings and I was looking at this camp center and I thought, man, some, some people must have had a, a very strong dream to build this place. You could tell that there was serious investment. They had put a lot of resources into building this beautiful Christian camp. And we were enjoying this and, and just being, you know, being able to partake of the blessing of having this amazing venue. And while I was there, I talked to the, had a great chat with the camp manager. And I said to him, how did this place come to pass? And he said to me, how did this happen? And he said, you'd be, you'd be good to read the book that's sitting inside the, the, the main dining hall there. So I went in on the last day and I found this book and it was called in Trust. That was the name of the book. It was a big book. It was about this thick and a big color pictures. And I opened this book and I began to read. And I was absolutely fascinated by the story of, of one man. And he lived, this man lived in, in 1951. He was living outside on his farm in the little community of Litchfield, which is outside Pitararu, um, just north of Tokoroa. Um, and, and down there in the Waikato. And in 1951, he read a book called Mover of Men and Mountains, which was a story of Robert Letourneau, who was the, uh, a, an industrial manufacturer in the, in the United States. And Robert Letourneau was a, an amazing, inventive, creative man who, who pioneered some of the great earth-moving technology um, for earth-moving and a land development, um, and, 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 and he read the story of this man. Well, Robert Letourneau began his life, he was a believer, and he asked God for creative solutions. And some of the machines he pioneered were absolutely astounding. But Robert Letourneau, as his life progressed, his business absolutely prospered. And he, he decided that he was going to give not 10% of his income to the Lord, but 
20, 30, 40, 50. And by the time he died, he was giving away 90% of his income to the work of the kingdom and to the work of spreading the gospel. And this man, Matt, um, was his first name, but I read his, I can't remember his second name, but in 1951, he read the story and he decided he was going to give his farm to the Lord. And he said, God, I'm not farming for Matt anymore. He said, I'm farming for Jesus. And he began to invite God to inhabit his business and, and lead him in his decisions. And he got a vision. He had a dream that his farm could prosper and benefit the kingdom of God, just like Robert Letourneau. And I went on to read about this man. He formed a, a trust called Litchfield Lands. And then, he, and then he formed another trust called Longview Trust. What a great name for a trust, Longview. He was thinking about future generations. He wasn't thinking about Matt anymore and his family. He was thinking about the generations to come. And as his life progressed, this man formed five charitable trusts um, that, that, were involved, that are involved today in farming operations that stretch right across the whole of Aotearoa. And in 2016, when the book was written, these trusts are pouring money into great causes in this nation. Um, into Christian camps, into the spreading of the gospel. And uh, in 2016, get ready for this. These five trusts were overseeing assets of $300 million. This was one man's dream as he responded to the Holy Spirit in 1951. And all of us in some way, probably as we move through this nation, will experience the benefit and the blessing of one man's dream to simply farm for God. And I, I just want to say to you, you don't know the potential of that little thought that God may have popped into your mind. And you said, no, I couldn't do that. No, it could never be. You don't know the potential of one seed, one thought from God, be it in the business arena, be it in terms of an ability or a skill that God wants to stir in your life. and you, God might call you to, to play an instrument. You say, well, I've never played an instrument in my life. I can't play an instrument. But if you will respond, the anointing comes with the Word. The empowering comes with the dream. The enabling comes with the Word God gives. It's not about you. It's about you simply receiving what He gives and holding it inside your heart. So I want to encourage you. I could go on to tell you many more stories, many from our own life of things that God's done for us and through us that I couldn't do, but He can. And so I know now that the most important thing I can do in 2021 is steward the Word, the promises, the Scriptures He speaks to me, that come alive in my heart. It's the most powerful thing I can do to extend the kingdom of God. And I want to say to you today, no matter what has happened for you, whether, as Paul said, when we walk through this door, we leave shame, we leave failure, we leave embarrassment, we leave that all at the door because Jesus is here in grace and mercy and truth to receive us to heal us and restore us. You know, how many times has His grace and mercy found me? I couldn't count them. We you know I'd wandered off the track a bit, 
got distracted. If you ask Vicky, she can tell you about some of my distraction journeys <laughs> of losing, getting distracted on usually good things that became too big in, in my life and took me away from my primary call. You know, any good thing can become a distraction. And so we need the grace and the mercy of God to hold us on course. But we need to hold the words that He's given us. You know, I love that Excite Church dreams of a church that affects the whole of the region because that's my dream too. Churches that impact the region. You know, His kingdom expanding right through our communities. You know, we could look at many things in 2020 and say, well, church ain't doing too well. But I want to tell you this, it ain't according to what you see. It's according to what God has said. And He's spoken great words of promise and destiny over the church in this nation. We're on the verge of the church arising and impacting this nation like it never has before. We're on the verge of men and women beginning to dream again and beginning to hold the words and get out and take hold of the words and the promises that God has spoken and become channels and vessels of mighty miracles and powerful community transformations. Go to Aroha with the vision of taking Kai to those who are hungry and without work and without hope. You know, everything that God births as a God vision will bear fruit. 